Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Start with the past. There's nothing you can do to change it. So throw it out. Take out the trash. The trash is anything that is keeping you from the only thing that matters. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation Podcast. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. Mac will take it all the way in for a touchdown. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. And Jake Hassan. What I'd really like to do is put the greatness of this man in perspective. Phenomenally good. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Bears Nation podcast. Hello, everyone. It is March 2nd. I almost said 3rd. Caught myself. It is March Ooh, 2nd. Close call. We are back after a small hiatus to let things settle, to let the coaching search, GM search, all that crap happen. We are now on Combine Week. GM Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus spoke this week. Today, Iberflus is on Sports Center, and we got stuff to talk about. We have free agency just around the corner. We have some parts of the roster set. We have other parts that are hot, steaming, flaming garbage that we'll talk about. And you have some that's just generally eh. So we will get into that. Bears Nation podcast. We're back. Kevin Lepka, how are we doing? Feels good to be back, man. Feels good to be back. We're getting that time heating up. The combine's always fun to watch because it just reminds you of football. And it's good to see your face again, surprising as that may be. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure talking with the one and only Jake Hassan. So let's do it, man. Let's have some fun. How much of the combine do you actually like consume? Like, how much of the combine do you actually like watch live? Would you say? Uh, like, uh, I'll watch like total like three hours of it because like it's so repetitive like i'll watch i'll watch the 40s and i'm like all right i'm gonna you watch three hours 40s. of the combat live total yeah i mean like i'll sit because i'll just put it on my tv and i'll do homework and it'll just be there in okay. the background okay. and, and like if Fine. something significant happens like it's oh or like you know, some guy ran a fast 40 you, okay yeah okay I, I feel like most of it is consumed through social media when something right. relevant happens exactly. so i'm not gonna have my eyes glued to the tv for eight hours watching players do drills i mean really realistically the only thing that we care about as viewers of the combine when it comes to evaluators that's a different story as viewers is the 40 yard dash right like because that's just the most exciting thing you want to see those numbers it's the most indicative of who a player may be among all of the drills so yeah i mean i'm not just gonna watch it for eight hours but it's something to put on in the background yeah i mean i think that that's it's more i consume it exclusively through like social media i think like i yeah i've never sat down and like been like okay i'm gonna watch the combine right now granted now i say that as a person that consumed two college baseball games today so it's like you know, exactly. we all we all have our thing. We all, we all have, have our thing. thing, but no MLB. So I got to watch something, you know, right. We're going to exactly. be watching uh training camp all summer. There's no, there's no baseball to watch. We're going to be doing all sorts of things. So, well, we watch training, training camp anyway, but yeah, but that's true. Maybe we'll be there this year. You know, if the bears help us out with the credential and uh, doubt it, you boys can cover it. <laughs> hey, doubt it. Shot. <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> I don't think we've ever gotten an answer before, so we'll see. I don't know. Who knows? We could annoy some. some we've ascended, Jake. We've ascended, okay? 
Sure, Kevin. Okay, that being said, let's get into some stuff. One thing that I want to talk about just right off the bat, um, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus continue to seemingly double down on Justin Fields and their belief in him. And kind of, and Ryan Poles said at the combine uh, yesterday, I think it was, at, took a couple field, questions about Fields and, oh, what do you need to do to help him? And one of the answers to that was get a wide receiver that can bail him out. Well, buddy, isn't that the truth? Because, you know, that room is something we'll get into uh, shortly. But, I mean, it seems like, I mean, we knew this already and we knew that the Justin Fields train i guess is what or the idea of him as the franchise quarterback is part of mm-hmm. what got polls and Eberflus to take the job but yeah. it, at first when they first took the job in their introductory press conference it was hard to get a hard commitment out of them it seems like the more and more they talk they're like yeah this is our guy yeah i mean that's what you want and it, it felt like that wasn't necessarily there in the interview process that wasn't necessarily a focal point of the process so to see them you know reassuring that look we're all in on him we're going to do what it takes to you know put him in the best position possible now actions speak louder than words and that's the bottom line so you have to do the things as we talk about free agency and as we talk about the draft that reflect this idea that we want to put justin fields in the best position possible so what does that entail well it entails getting an offensive line around him. And you have the yeah. young pieces there. You're going to need to find a piece in free agency, uh, whether most likely a center. And we're going to get to that. Um, you have to find yourself, you know, more receivers who are going to be able to catch the ball consistently and get open consistently for Justin Fields. So, yeah, hearing all these things is great. And we love to hear those sound bites that are going to get likes on Twitter. I need to see it in free agency. I need to see it in the draft reflect this idea that we are going to go all in on him. And, that can happen one way or the other. And like the first thing that comes to mind is Joe Burrow's situation, right? This is a guy who just, who's in his second year. Justin Fields is going into his second year. Joe Burrow, you know, made it to the Super Bowl, but what held him back? What held him back was his offensive line and, and the inability for Cincinnati to put a coherent offensive line around him. And yeah, they made it that far, but at the end of the day, the game changing play was your offensive line couldn't get a stop against the opposing team's defensive line. And throughout the year, that was obviously an issue. Joe Burrow was incredible for the way he could overcome that. So just we have this situation. And Jake, we're going to talk about the Bengals so much this summer because and every team who has a young quarterback who was struggling years ago is going to, you know, relate themselves to that team about how you can turn around a franchise. Well, you know, they did it in one way as far as, you know, surrounding Joe Burrow with the right pieces and getting a Jamar Chase. I would like to see the Bears do that with a Chris Olave, with another talented wide receiver in the draft. But I think, I don't know, you, you could ask yourself what's more important. Is it structuring the offensive line? Is it spending or trading up or taking a second round pick on a wide receiver? I think you could do both. And I think we're going to discuss ways you can do both. But I got to see their actions reflect the words that they've uh, spoken so far. Yeah, and we're going to see what happens with that. Obviously, now everyone's going to want to take everyone with a young quarterback, everyone, all these teams, whether that be the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence or the Bears with Justin Fields or whoever, they're all going to want to have this dream of Joe Burrow and his college wide receiver that he had success with and that pairing. But, I mean, offensive line is what you're going to need, especially if you're a team like the Bears where you have a star with David Montgomery at running back where that's going to be a focal point of your offense, at least in the first couple of weeks, because you know what right. you have there. So offensive line is going to have to be your first priority. Obviously, you have some pieces there, and you have the very glaring, gaping hole at wide receiver that you know you're going to have to address at some point. 
and you think you have a couple guys at offensive line. But Ryan Poles said that yesterday. He's like, these guys got to get, we're taking a new philosophy into the offensive line. They got to be lighter. They got to be more athletic. He didn't say anybody's out. He didn't say that anybody doesn't fit that mold. But I mean, he made a point of saying that they're going to be lighter and more athletic. And you have to assume that means, you know, weight losses or some kind of at least change in the mindset for the guys that are in that room already. Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, obviously being the top two who you hope are your tackles going forward, or at least two parts of your offense, even if they don't stick a tackle per se, even if you move Jenkins back to guard or whatever you do, but you have two guys there who you, okay, at least they're fresh. They're moldable to say uh, for lack of a better term, like you can kind of guide them. I mean, they're, they're like fresh clay, I guess is the term you use for quarterbacks. And that we heard with Justin (laughs) Fields, it applies here too. Now, what does that mean for the future of Cody Whitehair, who has a big cap hit? For James Daniels, who's about to be a free agent. For Sam Mustafer, who listeners of this show have had a huge problem with. And I mean, whatever. And yes, you can upgrade. But, you know, what does that mean for these guys? And so there are some very, very good options on the offensive line free agent market. And you're going to see some of them even be cap hits or cap casualties, I should say. And they'll get cut and they'll be available there too. And there's going to be some quality guys that you can pick up there. So offensive line for me. I think is what you're going to hear about the most and then wide receiver, because here's the thing. I disagree though. I, well, here's the thing I'm with surprised. wide receiver and, and people are going to want it because there's stars out there that could be had from Devonte Adams to Michael Gallup to Chris Godwin to, you know, further down the line, there's very, very talented guys that you can have in this wide receiver market. And that's going to draw all the big name, all the, all the speculation. And that's what people are going to get excited about. Oh, you, you have a shot at Devonte Adams, go pay him $30 million. Yeah, the Bears theoretically have the cap space to do that. They're not going to do that, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But wide receiver is going to be more imperative, and it's a deeper – not deeper, because wide receiver is very deep. But offensive line is something that it's not going to get you jazzed up. You're not going to be like, oh, yes, offensive line, sick. (laughs) But, I mean, you need it, and it's something that's going to move very quickly. Because wide receiver, I feel like, is going to take longer for a market to develop there. Because, yeah, Devontae Adams, everyone we want. But, like, you have Chris Godwin coming off an ACL. You have DJ Chark mm-hmm. coming off a an, uh, severe ankle injury. You have Michael Gallup, Gallup coming off a, a late-season mm-hmm. ACL injury. So some of these guys, you have to determine, okay, are they even going to play this year? When are we even going to – are we going to see them before week 14 this year? So oh, I, feel yeah, like, I feel like in that sense – and, yeah, I mean, we saw guys like Cam Akers come back from an Achilles in, what, six months or whatever it was. We see guys nowadays come back faster and faster from these – previously what were thought devastating injuries but still i feel like that will cause hesitation in the market as teams feel out what is happening with some of these top end receivers and even a second tier guy like dj chark it'll take okay how's that ankle whereas offensive linemen it's like okay you're upright you can play our we need you so that you're not signing a jason peters off the street week one that's true but i think the difference i think you're right about the market it taking a long time to sort of develop but the difference when I look at those two position groups is you can find value a lot easier at wide receiver than you can at offensive line. Like the gap between an like a tier three offensive lineman and a tier one offensive lineman to me is smaller than the gap between a tier one wide receiver and a tier three wide receiver, as far as the value that they bring to the team. Um, like when you get a Ryan Jensen in there, like that is a premier guy. Mm-hmm. If you get a Chris Godwin, I, I, I honestly could have full belief. Michael Gallup could come in and put up similar numbers. Like, and that is like a tier two guy versus a tier. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I, I think. I Mike, mean, look and, what and, happened with Allen Robinson and Ryan. Exactly, like that was Ryan Pace's exactly. one of his biggest and best and earliest hits. He took a guy that was coming off this ACL injury. Granted, Allen Robinson's was in like week three or something of the previous season. It was early, yeah, but was a guy early. who had had this very bad injury and you weren't sure how he was going to return to form. You gave him a sizable contract for what he was at the time. He'd only had mm-hmm. what one thousand yard season under his or not even a thousand yard season by that. No, he did, and but it was, he had a great season. It was, the, it was like his rookie or second ACL. year or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he had had previous success but he just had this very very bad injury and you took a chance on him and it paid off obviously you know last year notwithstanding but Allen robinson paid off big time for you he was your number one receiver he was a top 15 receiver in the league for a long time so you i i think and we'll get into this when we break down the wide receiver free agent i think there's a couple guys who have value like that that you could see yeah ryan pole's target so do you want to get into that now or should we do so should we first look at the Bears roster and who they have to resign? Because the reason so like when we were let's talking do the Bears about the free numbers, agents first. Let's okay. do let's do so who's on the team who you want to bring back first. Okay. And and like we were kind of wrong for this, I guess we never mentioning the fact that we looked at the numbers for free agency earlier on. Like you told me to find that graphic, and it was like the Bears are 11th in the league with like 44 million dollars in cap space. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, 11th. And they like, can that's create more at stuff. They could they, oh, they will create more. more. They will create more by extending Roquan Smith, by extending uh, – there's a few other players that they can extend and by cutting players for sure. Right. Uh, and I, I think Tariq Kong, unfortunately, could be one of those names. Mm-hmm. But they can create more than that, but they have 26 players on the roster. Like, they have a lot of guys that they need that are, are pending free agents. So the reason why that number is so high is partially because they don't have a lot of money allocated to, to players on the roster. So I'm going right. to share the screen here um, and bring in what we have – for free agents for the Bears. And we're going to go down the list. So this this is listed alphabetically, uh, if you can see it now. Um, so let's start with number one. And uh, no, this isn't alphabetically. This list is by who is owed the most money. Allen Robinson. I'll say it right now. He's gone, in my right. opinion. Yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. <laughs> he's not going to return. Yeah. But there, no, see, but there's people who believe that that's not, there are legitimate people who believe, well, New regime, new outlook well, on the player. And, and we I know his relationship this. with the past regime. What I will now. say theoretically, that's true. But you have to imagine that they're the, and by they I mean Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. They're going to say, "All right, you know, because Allen Robinson's what 31, 32 now. He's on the nah, wrong side of thirty, old. isn't he's he? Not that old, is he? I, I, I don't think he's over thirty. There's no chance Allen Robinson. I'm looking up right now." 28. No okay, I was wrong. 30. Okay, he'll be 29. He he'll be 29 in August, though. So over the start mm-hmm. of the season, he'll be 29. So do you really want to hand a guy when you're looking, you're trying to get younger? You were one of the oldest rosters in the NFL last year. So do you really want a guy who's about to be 29 to start the season who you're probably going to have to hand four or five years? Do you really want to do that when you can go get a DJ Chark who's three, four years younger? Or Michael Gallup who's, you know, five years younger or whatever? Or if you're shooting for the stars, Devonte Adams, who is in that similar age, no. age bracket, but is far and away more talented. So I, oh, I would, theoretically, yes, Allen Robinson could be convinced to come back. Not expecting it based on this roster and what you're trying to do with the roster. I, I just think you've gotten to a point where, yeah, the regime is new. Yeah. There's new people making decisions, but what happened the past two years 
created sort of a fracture between him and the organization that I right. think is just not, it's not worth it for him to return despite the factors that people believe would cause him to return like Justin Fields being there, like having a young rookie mm-hmm. quarterback, but the guy can frankly walk into the market and go to Kansas city. The guy can walk into the market and go to Lamar Jackson. The fact that Justin Fields is there and will be there for a long time is not enough to keep him around considering everything that he went through in the past. And I, and you don't get like, it's different when you have like an Akeem Hicks who didn't look like he was going to return, but has like, he wants to return. Like he loves the city of Chicago. He loves the organization. He wants to return. The bears just might not be able to do that considering his age, considering the money that he may want. Like, that's not like, I don't get the sense that Al Robinson wants to be in Chicago long-term. And for that case, I think, you know, he's better off, you know, and, and look, if you, as uh, just an evaluator of a player, the guy's going to be better with another team, with a different quarterback, with mm-hmm. the new 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 system, new look. So uh, let's go back down the list, though. We just mentioned Akeem Hicks. I think he's gone. Do you think there's a chance he, he stays? I think there's a chance, like you said, he wants to be here. But I just... I It's not it's worth it, in my opinion. Kind of, kind of the same vein. Like, it's just the time has... It's ran its course. It's... Akeem Hicks was great for you. He was the heartbeat of this team for a, you know, the last few years and he was great, but he's 32. He'll be 33 in November. It's just time to go elsewhere. There's younger, possibly more, I don't want to say efficient, but a better use of your resources that you would allocate to Akeem Hicks than that you could use somewhere else. It's, there are other guys and Akeem Hicks, he like, he couldn't even, he can't stay on the field anymore. I mean, how many games has he missed the last two years? You know, it's just, yeah, that's the and, and that's problem. not like Akeem Hicks. Love him. Awesome. Was great for that playoff team. Uh, in 2018 was great for the team in the last few years. He was like the vocal leader, whereas Cleveland hack was kind of the le- silent leader. Akeem Hicks was the vocalizer. <laughs> he was always at the front and center of everything was very open and about loving being here in Chicago, but it's ran its course. It's over. It, it's, you know, thanks for everything. Kim love you. Great guy, I'm sure, but it's time. You got to start looking again. You were the oldest roster in the NFL last year. You got to start moving away from these guys, and it sucks, but it needs to be done. Yeah. So I think he's I gone. I mean, you're, I, th- I think he's gone as well for all those reasons. I won't go any further. Now let's go to Andy Dalton. He's gone. We all know that he's right. going to be gone. Now here's the the point to be made about that: is you, you do not cut Nick Foles. And there's a lot of people who are like, well, yeah. you know, you save. Uh, like $8 million in dead cap and $3 million in cap. If you, if you caught him, it's not worth it. Nick Foles is arguably the best backup in the league behind one Mitch Trubisky. Uh, And that's a different conversation for a different day, but you saw what he did in Seattle. Like you love Nick Foles right now as a backup, as a leader. There's no reason to keep Andy Dalton, but I would advise against this idea that cutting Nick Foles is a great move for the organization. And uh, just to go off what you said, it, it's clear that Nick Foles and Justin Fields have a relationship and that right. Justin Fields trusts Nick Foles. So there's no reason to rip that Band-Aid away from Justin Fields <laughs> when it's clear that he has used Nick Foles as an avenue to you know, gain more insight into this or that or whatever it may be. So yeah, I think, yeah, Nick Foles stays. Obviously, he can win you football games in a pinch. Um, Yeah. Yep. Keep him for sure. Yeah. Andy Dalton, one of your contract obviously is gone. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, I think Jimmy Graham and Jermaine Fetty, we both believe are going to be gone. Correct. Um, for sure. The Ryan Pace infatuation with Jimmy Graham 
uh, is over. Now, let's so, go okay, the- what about the Kevin Lapka infatuation with Jimmy I'm, Graham? I, though? Okay, let, yeah, you're right. I had an infatuation because I still think he was more valuable than what you got out of him. I don't think he was utilized correctly, and yeah, I still think he sure. had the ability. He should have gotten targeted in the but red zone. You could zone say more, that about anyone. Sure, I know. You, you could say that about any pass catcher on the offense last year. That I mean, look at what Allen Robinson was tweeting about his target numbers right. alone. Like there were right. guys that were underutilized across the board. Right. All right, I was a little hypocritical there. But I don't think Jimmy Graham or Jermaine <laughs> Fetty return. This, to me, this next one is the most intriguing one on the list. Tayshawn Gibson. Now, Tayshawn Gibson, I think I saw it. He's like eighth in the league in interceptions in the past decade. Now, that's just kind of a weird stack. It's like past decade. Right, that's but cool. the guy's a ball hawk, surprisingly. Uh, he, he gets to the ball. And when you think about, and, and this is how you have to evaluate whether these guys stay or go, whether... Uh, you know, who they draft, who they go after in free agency. What does Matt Eberflus want on his defense? What has he had in the past? Ball hawking playmakers. That's what he wants. When you look at the guys that they're going to go after on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be fast, explosive, athletic players. And that was resonated again by Matt Eberflus like a hundred times in his press conference. Now, when you look on the defensive side of the ball, it's a fast defense. It's guys who are going to get turnovers. And that is the mainstay of the Matt Eberflus defensive identity. So Tayshawn Gibson, I am going to say he doesn't stay, but I would not be surprised if he does at all. And I have this little graphic. Oh, where'd it go? I had a graphic, but yeah, go. Look at that. Go. He's gone. What is your thoughts of uh, of Tayshawn Gibson? I think that at you need some kind of stability next to Eddie Jackson. And That's Gibson fair. has been here the last two years now. So it kind of comes down to Ryan Poles and Matty Rufus's evaluation of him. I think he's been solid. I think Eddie Jackson started yeah. playing better in the second half of the season last year. Gibson's been solid. He's not going to wow you, but do you really, unless there's someone out there on the defensive back market that you're like, okay, if I'm Ryan Poles, or even if I'm the assistant GME in Cunningham, all right, this guy we think can really elevate Eddie Jackson. We think Eddie Jackson, they can really complement each other, and we'll go from there. Tayshawn Gibson, maybe we'll sign you as the third safety because God knows they've had a crap ton of injuries over the last couple <laughs> of years at safety that they've had to have these rotating yep. cast of characters. But I – he probably goes, and you probably see Matty Reflus bring in someone that is from Indianapolis – you know, that he knows, but <laughs> I I won't close the door on a Tayshawn Gibson return. Okay. Yeah, neither will I. I mean, that, that one's kind of a toss-up, and especially once we look at the free agency market, I think there's guys there who are relatively replaceable for arguably the same or lower price. Um, but a lot of, I think, I, I don't know if at this point you're going to find a young guy who's going to be here for four years on a, on a cheap contract. Like, I, I don't think you're doing that. I think regardless of whether it's Tayshawn Gibson or someone else in the free agency market, it might be sort of a one-year deal, two-year deal veteran guy next to Eddie Jackson. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we talk about building this roster with youth, but there's certain places where you're gonna have to sacrifice and go after a veteran with some, you know, playoff Super Bowl experience. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So we're both going go for Tayshawn Gibson, but the potential that he stays is high. Um, next one, Jakeem Grant. I don't I don't know I don't know why you would let him go. I mean, you know from what he provides from a special team standpoint, I and mean, when we, we as bears fans, if there's one thing we know throughout the history of watching this team, it's the value of a good returner. And he, you know, was a pro bowler for a reason. And we got a little glimpse of what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. 
as that jack of all trades, as you know, sort of a guy who can run the motion, guy who can, you know, be in the slot, who can do a lot of different versatile things, sort of like what Cordell Patterson was in Atlanta, except Jakeem Grant isn't a running back. But, you know, I, I think Jakeem Grant should stay. That's me. Stay. As we have the green graphic for those listening on the podcast <laughs> showing on the screen. Uh, I, I like Jakeem Grant to stay, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if you can get him for – and I can't imagine the bidding is going to, you're going to be bidding against a yeah, lot of other on. people. But, you, I mean, yeah. you gave up, a, I mean, not you because you're a new regime, but a, a draft pick was given up for him. Granted, it was a sixth round pick. I think it was, but still you gave up assets to get them. You might as well. Bring I thought that was, yeah. I mean, he showed his value Good in, trade the, in, in, hindsight, in the I Green thought. Bay game alone. He showed what he can bring when utilized correctly. So yeah, at the end of the season, he was had to be like a wide receiver three or wide receiver two in a pinch because of just, yeah. oh, God. But, you know, I think as a returner alone, I mean, do you – listen, we love Daz Newsom on the show, but do you really trust him as your long-term returner? I don't know. If you not could now. get Jakeem yeah, Grant now. to stick around for a decent price or for a price you keep, feel comfortable with, yeah, keep him around and then see if you could do some gadget plays because we don't know what you're getting out of Tariq Cohen at this point. You don't know if he's going to be on the roster come mini camp in April. So you might as well bring Jakeem Grant back because you saw some of those gadget type things you could do with him. That's exciting for Luke Getzey. It's exciting for, you know, any of those new offenses. And on top of that, the more guys that you keep around that Justin Fields has even a shred Mm -hmm. of a rapport with, that's going to be helpful. I agree. Uh, let's go. So you're going stay. We're both yes. going stay. Let me get the stay graphic. Here it is. Stay. Tremendous. All right. Um, Jason Peters, no shot, in my opinion. I wouldn't um, say there's no shot. But based really, on what Paul said about being lighter and quicker and more athletic on the offensive line, I would say he's probably gone. Yes. And hopefully Tevin Jenkins he, is healthy. Yeah. I mean, I mean and, 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 look, and that's nothing against Jason Peters. He was your best no, offensive lineman this year. Not at uh, all. It, yes. As crazy was. as it is to say, Jason Peters was your best offensive lineman. So I, but I think he's gone. Just the circumstance and give like what you're trying to move to based on what Paul said yesterday, Jason Peters is going to be gone. And he's probably going to be, and he probably wants to be gone. He's probably going to go nicely and peacefully into retirement again and be fishing in a stream or wherever he was when uh, Marcus yeah. Seal called him. Yeah, he should. Uh, so Jason Peters gone. Gone. Uh, let's go. We're almost done. Uh, Pat O'Donnell. I think he stays. He was honestly one of the better punters in the yeah. league last year. He was he, consistently doing it. Um, is why, it, is why, he not the longest tenured bear right now? Too. I think he is. Yeah, that yeah. he one hundred percent is. It's not even close. Uh, James Daniels. So this one I think is an obvious stay. Uh, as far as you know, he's gonna get a solid contract. He's gonna get decent money. Um, from what he's shown, from what he can be. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 guard in the league when it comes mm-hmm. to the the amount of money he's going to get, but maybe top 20. I think he's potentially deserving of that. And I think the bears would be stupid not to give him that contract because where else are you going to find, you know, it's amazing. Like this, like looking at it right now, like him on that rookie deal has been phenomenal, but at some point you're going to have to pay somebody. You're going to extend Roquan Smith. You're going to have to pay somebody on this list, big bucks for, you know, a multi-year deal. And I think he's going to be, you know, one of them. Yeah. I would, if it was, if I had the choice, you know, like if this was me making this decision, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say, I would say James Daniels stay. I, I think that, and I think there's more you can get out of him. I think he's been injured. I, I think he yeah. hasn't been in the best positions to succeed. I think with a 
with a coach, the right coaching and the right, you know, and if here's something that we need to hit on. Ryan Poles announced yesterday that they've kind of revamped the strength and conditioning staff as well, which I think Mm -hmm. is very, 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 very important, especially given the amount of injuries and the severity of the injuries that you've seen over the last couple of years on the Bears personnel this revamp and these new people being brought in on the train training and strength staff for the bears, huge, enormous. Hopefully they do their jobs better than the last people did it. And I think that as long as James Daniels can stay healthy. And I think if he buys into this kind of method that Ryan Poles is preaching about lighter, quicker, athletic, more athletic offensive linemen, then I think you'll be fine. I think it's, I think it's worth, even if it's on a one-year deal just to see, if he's worth another multi-year contract, do it. He's been here. He knows what the system is. Deal. And, and again, more importantly, the Justin Fields factor again. Get guys that Justin Fields feels that he can trust, that he's worked with already. You're already going to have Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins possibly at new positions that they're going to have to learn on the fly. You're probably bringing Absolutely. in a new center. So that's at least one new, brand new offensive lineman. I mean, we could even consider Tevin Jenkins a brand new offensive lineman because they uh, barely yeah, worked I mean, he together. Played four games, yeah. So you got, and he barely played in those games. So you have two, basically, for all things considered, brand new in offensive linemen. Larry Borum, who knows where yeah. he's going to play, and he was hurt every, you know, here and there. So, you know, I, I think bringing James Daniels back just because you know he's at least solid. You know, like his floor is a league average guard. His floor guard. is there, yes. His floor yes. is a league average guard, probably, right? You'll take so, that right now. You'll exactly. Take it. And he has a rapport with Fields and with these other offensive linemen. So, yeah, I bring him back. Bring him back. Uh, it could be, I think you're right. It could be a prove it deal. It could be a one year prove it deal. Uh, unless, you know, there's someone out there who really wants him, then you might have to, you know, give him that multi year deal. Bit, but yeah. even then, even then, that that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh we're gonna kind of go quickly down the rest of these because they're kind of man. Jesse James, uh I doubt he returns. Um I think it's possible. Yeah. They like to keep their tight ends around. Um doesn't really matter. Damian Williams is gone. Uh there's no need to really I don't know about that. around in, in my opinion. I don't know about that. Why I mean, well Williams the only condition he stays is if Tariq Cohen gets cut, which I think would be a wise decision at this point. Well, and but. we talked, you talked about it a little bit. Uh, I forget who you're talking about, but special, uh, special teams contributions. Damian Williams has proven to be an effective special teams player too. So he has a little bit of added value there too, where it might yeah. be worth bringing him back on a one or two year deal. I'm not saying, I'm not yeah, saying pay possible. him, you know, $8 million again, but you know, <laughs> pay him, you know, 10 for two years or something. I don't know. No, you he do, has value. You don't, have to pay him 10, you don't have to pay him $10 million. You don't have to pay him $10 million at all. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I mean, the, pick the price yeah. down a bit and you know, you have something. I think he has value. If you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cry if I he mean, leaves, but I, you know, I see the value if you bring him back. I also see the value in the undrafted running back that you could take this year in the draft too. Like that. Fair, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, look and, and, and that is did. the conversation. Yes, exactly. That's the conversation we have on the show uh, all the time is, you know, like, the running backs, you, you uh, the Bears should never take one before round four ever again, unless right. you're you're dynamite getting the next, you know, Dalvin Cook. In, in that case, maybe worth it. But even then, honestly, you can right. have arguments about even then. Like Alexander Madison comes in when Dalvin Cook is out, is putting up comparable numbers, you know, week right. in and week out. Like that conversation is to be had. That's why, and and we can go in depth about Tariq Cohen real quick. That's why I think there is almost zero reason to keep him. I think Tariq Cohen. 
has potential to be a very valuable asset to whatever team goes after him. But given what the Bears have right now, given Khalil Herbert has established himself as a solid RB2, given Dave Montgomery is a top 10 running back in the league, the question becomes where to, and when you talk about the money, you talk about the finances, how on earth are you going to even get all out of that contract? How, how are you going to get the most out of that contract with Tariq Cohen, given the, the crowded backfield that you have? And I just, it's just not worth it. And you save money. I don't know the exact number, but you save a good amount of money by cutting him. Or if you want to trade him there, there you know, there's one of those two things. To I don't me, think anybody's going to trade decision. for him. With yeah, the, I mean, with the money he's owed and the mystery around his status, be, health yeah, wise, right. no one's yeah, going to trade. No way. Way. Yeah, there, especially no if, but, especially if there's a possibility you cut him, then teams are just going to wait for you to cut him. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, Dion Bush. I think Dion Bush stays. He's proven yeah. to be a, a pretty solid safety. There, we have the the testament from Clifton Duck, who says this guy's still going to be a superstar. We're waiting on that. Um, but. I think he stays. Marquise Goodwin, I don't think returns. Um, in my opinion, what do you think? Probably not. Yeah, I think Christian Jones is gone for sure. I think they would be wise to bring back DeAndre Houston Carson, who's surprisingly only twenty eight years old. I mean, that's been around for to a me, while. I, I thought he was thirty two. I'm well, surprised well, he's again. And then same thing, elite special teams. Like we talked about, good. He's elite. an elite special yes. teams player. Agreed. Um. Stay. Elijah Wilkinson gone. I All think right, Demir no, Bird no, stays. No, Demir oh, Bird. Okay, I on. think yeah. Demir Bird. I think he probably stays. He showed at you least have something to say about Elijah that. Wilkinson or something. No, no, no. You, you got a little okay. No. <laughs> Demir Bird stays. Yeah, I because I, I I really do think there is potential there, and we saw it in New England, and we saw glimpses of it. And again, you know, the evaluation of these players is so skewed given what you want to think about the coaching staff. I think he's one of the players that potentially got the short end of the stick of that. I think he stays. Boom. Yeah. Graphics stay. Um, uh, the rest of these, we don't even have to do. No, yeah, than, just, that, that's what I was going to say. Nope. Nobody really cares about the rest of these guys. The last one I want to do is Alec Ogletree, because I think there is a case to be made for him to come back. Mm-hmm. But you, again, you talk about finding, you know, faster, younger, explosive right. athletic players. I don't know if Alec Ogletree fits that mold for as great as he was as the pickup this year. I mean, that was, they got phenomenal mm-hmm. value out of him picking him up. Did they pick him up during the season or before the season? It was literally I mean, that like was, during training camp. Yeah, like yeah, late training camp. So yeah. they got the value out of him, but I don't think he returns given what they want on defense, right? But then we're like, we're not bringing anybody back. Like they got to bring back one of these guys, right? I mean, I right. don't know. I mean, yeah, it's hard to determine like the backups of those guys who will come back because it's so hard to determine like, especially with a new front office, what they value, what they're looking for when evaluating these guys. So, I mean, yeah, maybe Alec Ogletree comes back because he plays hard and he works well next to Roquan Smith, but I mean, there's guys that you can get. You can get an, a younger, cheaper Alec Ogletree, you know, in, in the I second agree. or third wave of free agency. You know, you could take a flyer on someone who's younger, more athletic. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it's the guys at the bottom of that list. It's so hard to say if they're going to come back. Yeah. So let's go now to the free agency list. So we're about two weeks away. It's March 16th is when it opens. So we're literally like two weeks away from it as we record this show. And it's like the most exciting time because it's that period you you have that month long at month and a half yeah i guess since the season was so late this year you had yeah. like a whole month of nothing usually it's longer because the super bowl is usually earlier so we get excited about anything as fans of the nfl and free agency is it's, it's an exciting time you turn on adam Schefter's tweet notifications and you think that every player is going to go to the bears you think there's a shot that every player is going to go to the bears that's right. how we act as fans but i'm going to divide so the way i evaluated this and 
the guys that are available. I did it in like tiers. So okay. there's tier one players, there's tier two players, and then there's like the sleeper tier three players. So I'll give you, um, I'll give we'll, we'll trade players. So I'll give you a player that I think I like in tier one, the new player, and then we'll go back and forth. And we may have the same player. Number one in tier one, who I think should be the most coveted. So this is of all positions. You're, you're going of all, all positions. positions for the okay. I'm going all positions. The most coveted player that you should be after is Ryan Jensen, center of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or former center of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This you you can afford one big splash. You can afford one like relatively big splash. Like you can't afford a Devonte Adams splash. You can afford a Ryan Jensen sl- splash. He was a Pro mm-hmm. Bowler last year. He anchored an O line that allowed the lowest sack rate in the league. He's super gritty. And we talked about investing in protection for your QB. And that's the one thing that held the Bengals back, held Joe Burrow back. It's the one thing that when they talk about, you know, surrounding Justin Fields with the right pieces, you do that immediately and you make your offensive line a whole next level better by adding just Ryan Jensen in there. And I think we got great value out of Sam Mustafer at the time. Again, you know, the chat is going to go crazy on him for what you got out of him on a $700,000 contract is incredible, but You need a mainstay at that position. Ryan Jensen, to me, is one of the best, if not the best centers in the game and provides you with everything you need if you want to protect the franchise quarterback who was battered and beat it up all year long. You protect him going forward with Ryan Jensen. So that's my one guy that I think you could take a big splash on if you wanted to. I don't hate it. I would rather they take the big swing at tackle, I think. and Really? so like, but I mean, of, we because think of it this way: it's Jenkins and Borum, though, on both so, sides. Well, Jenkins, we know Jenkins can play guard. We know Borum can also right. play guard. So you move one of them to guard. You move Whitehair back to center. I mean, Whitehair mm-hmm. has been in the past a Pro Bowl caliber center. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. great asking him to change positions again? Probably not. But you could do it because there are some very, very elite offensive tackles on the market that you could go That's get as well. So with a quarterback That's into true. his second year, you might want to do that, especially because may even let's say you do this because Borum was a guard in college. So let's say you go get one of these elite left tackles and you move Jenkins to right tackle and Borum to, right. you know, right guard, let's say, and white hair to center. I could, because, and this is where I'm going. Flexibility there. Right, exactly. You have options. And so that's why I think I would rather you see you spend that money on a JC Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so that's your guy, huh? Wow. So he's going to be pricey. He's the best quarterback in the league right now. Well, so arguably, I I guess for my argument, what I just made, I guess my guy would be Orlando Brown, especially because Poles knows him. Mm-hmm. Now that's a matter mm-hmm. of, I mean, the chiefs traded picks for him. I think they gave up a first for him. So obviously they're going to want to keep him, but polls knows him. Polls was probably part of the process that brought him to Kansas city. He's 26 and he has experience oh. at the tackle spot. Like you, I really, really like, it's probably unlikely that he even hits the open market at 26 at a premier position. So then you're probably looking at like a Taron Armstead who's 31 and a little older, but it's fine. I mean, you could like for the argument I just made, I guess Armstead and Brown would be my guys, but I mean, JC Jackson's up there for me too. Like if Jalen Johnson Whoa. and JC Jackson with Eddie Jackson back there, it doesn't my matter God. who you put at the other safety spot like that, my that God. because think of the domino effect that has on your defense. Like Jay. Yeah. 
actually, you know what? That's what I'm going to say. JC Jackson's my guy because think of the domino effect there. Because then you could bring Tayshawn Gibson back on the minimum. And you could get, you know, probably you could get a Xavier Rhodes for slot corner. The, the domino effect that that has. You have two shutdown corners, a safety who you believe you can, who is an above average safety, a star at his best. Then you just put someone solid at the other safety spot. You know, I think you need an upgrade at inside linebacker, but you have a Roquan Smith who can mask, you know, the deficiencies of maybe just a, maybe slightly below average other inside linebacker. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I like, look, I think, can, can Thomas Graham play slot corner? I, I that's the question. I mean, like, yeah, and I think I forgot I, about I, him. I, forgot if, about Thomas Graham. I, see, but like, he balled out for can two. he? I mean, I, I guess he he probably can play slot corner just fine. If I mean, give him a whole, honestly more suited for that whole position at, camp with too, size. Why not? Yeah, he he's more suited for that position given his size. He's a shorter you, guy. You, um, I mean, you give Thomas Graham a whole summer to acclimate to slot yeah, corner. There's true. no reason to think that he can't. Man, that would be dynamite. I just don't know if they would spend the money there. But again, like you think you have to think about who they're bringing in. They're bringing in a defensive guy who might take priority to fixing the defense first. Sure. You know, I don't know. I mean, you don't, that, that could be true. Like there, there's, there's certain, certainly legitimacy to that argument, but I am worried that the market for him is going to be so competitive that someone with more money is going to outbid you for him. And that that's why I don't know how likely it is. I would be ecstatic if they got him and Shane, I'm in the chat was talking about Jalen and the Jacksons. That would be freaking sweet. If uh, he awesome. comes here, we'll patent that. Um, but I don't, it, it's it that the competitiveness of him scares me. So, uh, right. but I like that. I like that. Um, here's the nice guy thing that I for the bears. Yeah. Yeah. The, the positions that you have the most glaring needs at wide receiver corner offensive line. Those are where the, a, the top tippy top talent is, but even say you mm-hmm. don't go for those, you know, home run, all pro guys, the Devonte Adams, you know, the, the Browns, the JC Jacksons, like there's still plenty of guys in that second tier. And it sounds like Ryan Poles will probably wait for that second wave unless there's someone he really, really, really loves who could get at a reasonable price. But otherwise, you're probably going to see these second-tier kind of guys. But, I mean, it's it's a deep enough, and there's going to be enough right. guys where the trickle-down effect, you're still going to get some very solid players. And the thing that just kind of popped in my mind as you say that is at every position group, the Bears have like a foundational key player. And now, like, you're kind of just getting supporting periphery players to support the foundation that you have. Now, you will certainly get an upgrade, likely, in some of those position groups. Like, you may find an upgrade over Donna Mooney, but it's not like you have to find a whole new core to this wide receiver group. You have a a middle linebacker who's going to be there for a very long time, surround him with a few other guys. He can make those guys better. You have a CB1. You have, you know, I I think Eddie Jackson's, better than what we made him out to be last year. Let's say you have a, you know, still a top 10 safety. You have a quality tackle and two quality tackles in Jenkins and Borum. You have a quality guard in James Andrews. If you resign him, you have the quarterback position locked down. You have the running back position locked down. When you think about the situation that the bears are in, it's like, you don't have necessarily superstars at all those positions, but you have core foundational players where now you just surround them with a little bit of talent and guys who are going to complement each other well and make each other better, you start to elevate that roster 
more than just saying, hey, let's bring in the superstar guy at one position just because he's a superstar and he costs a lot of money and it's flashy. Like, I am almost ecstatic at the place that the Bears are in and the control that they have over their roster. So I, I'm with you on that. Now let's go. Another guy that I like, uh, we're kind of running out of time, so I'll try to go quick through this. Um, I've kind of almost eliminated Chris Godwin from sort of my, my I'm wish out list. On, I'm out on Godwin and Gallup. I'm out on both of them. Oh, I'm not out on Gallup. So let's talk. I, I, I named Gallup as a tier two player. Um, For sure. I don't yeah. know if you would consider him tier two. I'm not out on Gallup at all. I mean, I don't think so. so I'm not out on Gallup for ability. I'm out on Gallup because of availability. You like, you need this thing to go. You don't think he's ready week one? You need this thing to go right away. Like, I I think he could be ready week one. Could be. I mean, Torres ACL in like November. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that that's true. That it, there's total fairness to that. Like now, but, and that and that's us. Now, if Ryan Poles has a conversation with him and his agent or whoever, and they mm-hmm. and or Michael Gallup puts out a workout video or something, oh, I'm I'm ready, I'm good, I'm full speed. Then you get into that Allen Robinson type territory. Then sure, yeah, one thousand percent, take the swing. I love it. And so, if you are going to take the swing, real quick, I mean, his best year was 2019, where he had. A, 1,107 yards and six touchdowns. Now, remember, that's the year right before CeeDee Lamb came in. Then CeeDee Lamb came in and his target share dropped. And he was right. still productive. And But when he served as that number two, the production was there. And I and, and still, that was a crowded receiver room. Dak spreads the ball really well. They did yeah. things on offense where they ran a lot with Zeke. I don't even think you've seen the best of him. I mean, he has nearly 3,000 yards in four years. In the most crowded receiving room in the league over that span, mm-hmm. I don't think you've seen the best of Michael Gallup. And that's why, you know, you may be fortunate enough and, and you know, you want to use the whole injury point to an advantage. Well, you know, the, you talk about the market, you talk about where is that going to go? You know, people, people like you might, you know, might be concerned about that. People might be concerned about the ACL and people right. might say, you know what? I don't want to pay him this much. And you might get him for cheaper and it pays off in the long run because I don't think we've seen the best of what, and, and the full ceiling of what Michael Gallup can be. So. My, That's so one of that, I'm I'm in on that. I mean, I, you got to go after one of the tier two wide receivers, no, in my opinion. Agreed. And I think my a little bit of my problem with Gallup would be he's a little too similar to Darnell Mooney for my liking. Like maybe really? you would want some, maybe a little like you might want someone just a little bit more like because he's, Dar- he's yeah like you know what I mean kind of like and obviously and who knows like you said maybe we haven't seen his full ceiling maybe he is capable of more. But I mean, I mean, what do I know? You know, it's not like I was watching every Cowboys game over the last three yeah. years. You know what I mean? So, well, how can um, you not? They put him on Fox primetime every fucking week. I mean. <laughs> Fair, but you know, I mean, still, I mean, I, I'm fine with Gelb if he's ready week one. If we know definitively that he will be good to go for week one, yeah, I'm all. Give me Michael Gelb. That's fine with me. That's completely fine. So with who's me. your so so who's so you're out on God when you're out on Gab? Who's your wide receiver? Because like they got to get. We, we we talked about the draft possibilities, but again, Devontae the, Adams, the draft bro, no, comes okay. after. The draft comes after free agency, and I think they're going to have to address it immediately. And they're going to. So the names that are available that pop into my mind are Michael Gallup, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Russell Gage are like the top three. Does anyone else? Oh, is there anyone else see, you like? I'm surprised you like. I like DJ Chark and Christian Kirk. Okay, like so those are them. guys. I'm out on Christian Kirk. I, I'm really? out on Christian Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Uh, he's he was second round pick who has slowly. He's never had a thousand yard receiving year. 
Yeah, you know, the receiving room was solid, but he was also playing with one of the best QBs in the NFL last year. Yeah, he has deep threat ability. I don't think he's exactly what you want. Like, if you had a solid foundation at wide receiver, I'd be fine to bring in Christian Kirk. He's not a guy who is going to be a, a huge support system for a second-year wide receiver, mm-hmm. or for, sorry, for a second-year quarterback. He has the potential, and I think that's what you're looking at when you look at Christian Kirk, right? Is like the potential and the boom potential is there, and he right. is going to make. I'm not saying plays all I'm time, not saying but... sign Christian Kirk and then call it a day. I'm just saying I would like him being brought in. Another guy, if we're talking about big play, okay, deep, like big threats, MVS. If you want to steal someone from Green Bay, oh god, I, no. If no, you keep him in the it. same role that oh. you have him that he's used in now in Green Bay, you have Getsy. Getsy right? knows exactly what he is. <laughs> Again, yeah, same I mean, thing. I'm not uh, saying sign Marcus Vales Scantling and call it a day. I'm saying like if you sign it, if you sign like a Mark, Michael Gallup or DJ Chark and then an MVS, and also like a a good receiving tight end, which I want to hit on really quick before we end too, uh, in a second. Yeah. But I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not saying sign MVS to be your number one or even your number two. Sign him to be your number three deep threat. It's exactly the same thing. Four, he's yeah. bit. But I that's I actually mean, not terrible. Okay. Yeah. For, for as good that. of a deep ball as Justin Fields throws. Yeah. Values there. Uh, you said receiving tight end. Now, one of my tier one guys was Rob Gronkowski. I don't know if you're going to be able to man. afford like a Rob Gronkowski. And a, dude, I, I, see, I, I don't know, man. He, he had 800 yards and six touchdowns in 12 games. He's on pace for like 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns, which would put him in like the Darren Waller category. Now, is and the thing is like, no Brady, no longer binds him to Tampa, no longer binds him to wherever Brady's going to go. He's available to go anywhere, but is his like love for the game there? I mean, I like, I think that's right. a completely valid question. He was obviously returned to the game of football because of Tom Brady. Now that Tom Brady's gone, how much does he really want to be at whatever team he's at? So I don't Dude, know, but it's worth it. I mean, who knows if his body will hold up? Like you said, who knows if he'll retire halfway through the season on you? Give me, give me a Mike Gusecki <laughs> or a Dalton Schultz, man. I Can would you, love that, but I, I would love that. I know. Dalton Schultz is really good. I agree. And I, I it, does that say something about how we feel about Cole Komet? I so, think that's well, here's something. the thing. I think I don't think it's an indictment on Cole Komet. I think I it's think. a, hey, look what we can do with two receiving tight ends. Like, let's say you get just, let's say you go and get just like a DJ Shark, and then you allocate that money instead of why, and then you just like kind of, you know, you bring Demir Bird back. You have Jakeem Grant as your four. You, have, you believe Daz Newsom could be the five. And then you get Kaseki or Schultz. I mean, I don't know. Man. I don't know if, like, how, I mean, like, how often, like, I'm trying to think of a really good example of, like, two really strong tight ends who produce consistently in the league today. Like, I'm, like, I can't think of one really solid example. Like, the Bucks were supposed to be that with O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski. Well, I mean, even, and then even one guy kind of took over. I feel like that's usually what happens. It's like uh, well, maybe one you guy think Cole Komet, takes over. Maybe you think Cole Komet is only a tight end, too. Maybe you only think no. he is that kind of, like, you know, supporting yeah. player. And you need a, a tight end one, then. You know? so wow. And Gusecki and <laughs> Schultz would both fit that bill. I still think Cole Komet could be a receiving threat. But, I mean, why not bring in one of those guys? Like, you could do... I mean, the things you could do with those guys. And if Cole Komet hits the ceiling, I mean, that'd be unreal. Yeah, I, I, that would be unreal. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't uh, exclude that at all. And Shane M just said, or not Shane M, uh, I am Scott said Kyle Rudolph was just released by the Giants. I wouldn't hate that. Uh, you'd have Kyle Rudolph and then baby Kyle Rudolph and uh, Cole Komet. It's, exa- it's exactly what you want. Cole, I mean, uh, Kyle Rudolph too, like kind of <laughs> in that Jimmy Graham role gives you that big, tight, big target in the end zone too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Who else do you think is uh, is on your wish list? Because I got a few other guys, but I don't know. Who else do you have on that wish list? Maybe other I mean, positions. J.C. Jackson's the top. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we've heard the name Tyron Matthew and the Bears for the last no like, shot. four it's years. Zero I shot. feel like I agree. I, I, hey, you said wish list, okay? Okay, fine. Um, obviously, I mean, we talked about Gallup and those guys. I you mean, know who's going to come back? No, geez. or who I think could come back? Bryce Callahan. I mean, the problem is Can't stand he field. still has not played a full season in his yeah. career. But it is a necessary position for the Bears. So, right. I mean, if like he it, takes it, a it, huge pay cut, sure. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't hate which it. Which I think he will. I mean, it, I, I, who's going to pay him all that money right now? And he, if he likes Chicago, you know, I don't know. None of the coaches that were there when he was there. Right, was exactly. Weird. All the coaching but staff is gone. So it's kind of. If he likes the city in a nice apartment downtown, he wants to go rent his apartment back. I, I mean, mean, yeah, maybe. Um, And speaking of cornerbacks, I, I, I think cornerback is one of those. I, I think there's going to be a splash at cornerback, whether it's JC Jackson, whether it's Bryce Callahan and whether to me, it could be Patrick Peterson. You just like, classify Bryce Callahan as a splash. Okay. You know, like, like a recognizable name. Like, no, 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 no. Like a recognizable name. Okay. Like someone who's like, okay. Like, you know, it's not just like some guy we don't know. Like it's Bryce Callahan. He was a top cornerback in the league at the slot position, but Patrick Peterson, if he's a really good option, he's 32, he's old, yeah. you get him for a one-year deal, pay him one year, have him slot in there. I think uh, a lot of these is you're going to have to look uh, at Johnson. past connections. Like, so like Irifus, like Xavier yeah, Rhodes. Yeah, but that doesn't in, always tell the tale. Oh, not always, but, but like Xavier Rhodes, he played in Indianapolis last year. He started like 30 games over the last two years or something. Like, you know, th- there's guys like, like David Njoku, he's a free agent. You have the Browns old yeah. tight ends coach, like. It, you're going to have true. to like connect. See, that, see there you go. See like David and Joku and Cole Komet is, is a pairing that makes more sense to me than Cole Komet and Rob Gronkowski or Cole Komet and Mike is or Don Schultz. Like that, that to me would make more sense, especially considering the money. So yeah, I, <laughs> I, like shade I think the thing is that, and here's the thing with playing like this game of oh. like, we don't know how a lot of these guys are being evaluated by the current front office. We don't know how right. the current front office sees James Daniels and Cody Whitehair. We don't know how the current uh, front office values or evaluates guys, you know, Thomas Graham or Daz Newsome or Tayshawn Gibson. Like, we don't know a lot of these things. So, I mean, we try, you know, we the guys that were at the combine covering the team and asking the questions, they tried to get some of those answers out of Eberflus and polls, but really to no avail. So it's just kind of up in the air. Cause we don't know. We, you know, at a certain point, you know, after a couple of years, you kind of started to, we got a feel for how Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace evaluated some of the guys on the roster. This is all fresh. We don't know how those guys are mm-hmm. being evaluated right now. That is true as well, and you have to take that into consideration. We won't know. We really won't know. Um, so that's interesting. Before we head out, I'll give you the last two players that I was just kind of looking at. I won't dive deep into it. I think Anthony Barr. Um, I like that. Previous, I, I think Anthony Barr is certainly possible. He had three interceptions last year. Ibu Flus wants guys who are going to take away the ball. Russell Gage from Atlanta. Talk about maybe a wide receiver three. Uh, was was really good late down the stretch. Devin McCourty. Uh, you know he's thirty five now, but again, you know you're going to have a few veterans for our one year deals. And then Quandre Diggs. Um, another safety from Seattle. Now the way to approach this, or as fans, is it, I don't you like I don't think this is going to be similar to what we saw with Ryan Pace. Like Ryan Pace was very aggressive in free agency and he would kind of throw money 
just to throw money around and bring in guys on one new deals just to bring them around. It was like every day we're getting somebody new and it's a new name and it's a new tweet and it's fun and it's exciting. But I don't think we're gonna have I don't think we're gonna expect to see this same amount of aggressiveness, especially in the first year of the GM's tenure. But there is the outlook like, okay, there's two ways Ryan Poles can look at it and the rest of his staff and Ian Cunningham is like, look, we can come in and say, look, I'm here, I've arrived. Boom, Brian Jensen, JC Jackson, welcome mm-hmm. to the club. We're here to win. We're here to spend money. You know, we're going to, I mean, because to be fair, that way of thinking is proven. The Los Angeles Rams did that exactly and won a Super right. Bowl immediately the year after. They said, we're going to get everybody we can, money here, money there, picks here, picks there. We're going to go all in and do that. But I think it's a dichotomy. It's it's polarized. You either do that or you take a very cautious approach to this. You stick to what you said where you said we're going to build through the draft. You're not going to spend right. a whole lot of money. The question I have for you before we depart is what to you is more likely? Is it that splash, I'm arrived, I'm here mentality, or let's cautiously throw money at the right people with the value-based identity mentality and build through the draft for you know a longer outlook? I think given your situation with the quarterback on the rookie deal, you'll see the more cautious approach. I think you'll get someone, you know, who's younger, like a 25, 26 year old who you can give a four or five year contract to and make mm-hmm. a you know, one splash, maybe, maybe two, but more than likely you're going to see Ryan Poles wait for that second, third wave of free agency and then start to bring in filler guys and go from there. That's yeah. the most likely to me. I agree. So Exciting times coming up, man. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, it's good. We're getting back into it, getting back into a groove of getting all this stuff. And I mean, in a month, you're going to have the extra mini camp starting uh, with the rookie, uh, not the rookies with, you know, the voluntary mini camp and all that crap. So it'll be fun. And, you know, we have a lot more quotes to break down as the coach and GM talk more. So we'll get into it and we'll break it all down as it happens. So thanks for coming back, guys. We appreciate everyone who listens, who watches. You guys are the best couple people in the mentions that we're excited about is coming back so we're excited to be back and talk to everyone again kevin as always a pleasure talking bears with you but we'll be back until then guys love you and as always bear down it's all stuff man bear down well, come on.